This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music focus show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Now, who am I? Well, I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent. Now, David and I have our own unique ways of kicking off the show. I will now be doing... A little feature, if you will, a little intro feature called Who Dat? This is my very own creation that will either fly or flop. Let's see what you think. You can look forward to this from me and for the foreseeable future, at least. But at least David will keep you guessing with his varied intros if I bore you to tears. And I would no doubt embarrass myself trying to emulate it, so don't look for it from me. It's probably way over my head. It's not. Here's Who Dat. So can you tell me Who Dat? She is a rock star from Auntie M's neck of the woods, but was discovered in Pasadena. She is soft and hard, smoky, gravelly, and melodic. She has a piece of David Crosby and loves the ladies. She's an ovation-playing rock goddess. She gets thirsty, wants to visit windows, will keep your little secret, will let you sleep when she drives, and is the only one. Yeah, I was a little lost there thinking, come on, is it Melissa, is it Melissa? And then you dropped a couple of names. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Melissa Etheridge. That's Melissa Etheridge, yeah. which is one of my faves. That, so That's who that. She's a badass, yeah. Who that? Yep. All right. And what, am I supposed to say something now? Yeah, you are. Yeah, so please All introduce right, yourself. Uh, and I, uh, as you know, I'm Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock legend, radiant savant, and all-around magic man of the indie music scene mm. here for another show with my little queen. And I know at times I kind of come off as something of a barracuda when it comes to lame-ass music, but I'm not completely heartless. I'm just horseshit intolerant, and I I just want to move straight on past the dreck and swill, find the best and brightest music, and kick it out to you. And I know Punk in here probably thinks, and reinforced every other minute by me, that I do all the work, so how about you even it up so that I'm not doing it all alone? Well, I say never when I see those big brown doe eyes like a deer. I see those uh, all I think. And uh, I think of all you listeners out there salivating for another episode. Uh, you are salivating, aren't you? Uh, uh, I hear the salivation. I, I hear the saliva. I do. Uh, you don't hear me with the lozenges clicking and slurping. But we do hear you uh, during the live. Uh, we heard some uh, salivating there. And yes. we appreciate that. We encourage that. And uh, that, uh, that touches us deeply. But anyway, when I hear that, uh, knowing my grave responsibility to the show, how can I refuse? Oh my, I really enjoyed that one. Very well done. My goodness. And and folks, uh, remember that uh, Birds of a Feather provides 73% of the recommended daily allowance of shenanigans and monkey shines, so... You know, uh, we've for your health. Up for your 70%, health. so yeah. we've improved by 3%. And it's for your health. I wow. Mean, the, the science is clear. It is. It's true. It doesn't lie. Excellent. Well, that moves us right on to bird banter, and we have an interesting one this time. So, loudwire.com provided us with rock antics that would not fly today. So, you tell me, will they fly or not? So, these are just a few. Now, there are obviously countless thousands of of things that happen. These are just a few, and these are a little old school. And this is a, a topic, this particular gentleman. It's a topic that just keeps coming up this on this series of shows right the two winging it's before it and this one david lee roth so david lee roth's shtick works perfect on stage or at least it did now that he is retired but things seem to get a lot more sleazy past the barricade so to motivate his stage crew back in the day the former van halen singer reportedly 
enacted a roadie incentive program. Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I, I know there were uh, le- big legends and stories and a whole gaggle of, and I think they even made a, a film, a short or something like that, about being on the road, and it was supposed to be full of all kinds of raunchy stuff. I never saw it or heard much of it, though. Mm, well, here you go. So this incentive program gave each of his roadies five backstage passes to hand out to appealing young ladies at their discretion. As the story goes, the roadie who delivered the woman Diamond Dave ended up sleeping with that night would get a bonus. Wow. That's pretty fucking sleazy. So it's like, she's kind of like just a gigolo, too. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, very interesting. No, I knew there were stories, and they, they had to be uh, they had to be pretty lascivious ones. But um. Now, today, why would that not fly? Well, because it would... First of all, I don't know that women are doing the same things women did back then. I don't know if you have, like, you know, the uh, the head-giving roadies, <laughs> you know, all the things that you heard about, you know. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe they're still out there, but I, I'm not sure. And if somebody found out about this incentive program today, there would probably be some lawsuits going on, something really weird, because, you know, it would be seen as uh, some sort of affront to women, I'm assuming, which I think it kind of is, to be honest. But again, they went willingly and of their own free will. If you want to if you want to be a groupie, be a groupie. I'm down with that. That's cool. Do your thing. Screw who you want to. I always say, if it doesn't hurt you or anyone else, do what you want to do. I don't care. But I'm just saying, this whole, like, incentive program may be, have been a little, like, a little too creepy, a little too sleazy for the likes of today. Yeah, I, I think that would be seen as a little objectifying today or something like that. I don't know. but Even uh, if they, yeah, it wouldn't mean, fly. But even though it's a consensual transaction, it's it's it is. You know, like straight up prostitution almost. Yeah. That's even legal in some places and nobody kind of half give a rat's ass in other places. Yeah, but this is incenting the roadies to bring them forth a, a uh, willing participant. So, I mean... It has you a know, little weirdness to it it's because weird, of that. But, yeah, you know, but you know, I mean, having a middleman is a little weird. It's you know? a little weird. It's a, and and you know, you being selected as a hottie. Yeah, you know, you're. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at your discretion. Yeah, I think he'll. Yeah, yeah, he'll right. want yeah, this he'll bitch. Want this yeah, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, yeah. ew, it's creepy. The next one is Def Leppard. So certainly Def Leppard rockers would take uh, up five underneath the stage, right? So sometimes you know they're taking a break, they go underneath the stage, they take five. Well. They'd take five with up to 60 naked girls for company. Wow. It went so far that mothers and daughters were performing sexual acts, according to rock photographer Ross Halfin, though the story has been refuted by at least one Def Leppard member. So 60 naked girls underneath the stage when you take a break. Uh-huh. And th- that and the mother-daughter thing. Mm-hmm. I actually heard that story a long, long time ago. Yeah. So uh, I just kind of assumed it was true, but, you know, I was like, oh, what do I care, you know? Well, one, uh, one refuted it. Come on. Probably the one that was married or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it probably had something like it probably happened. I mean, we know it it was the 70s. Come on. First it was the 70s and then it was the 80s. Yeah. So uh, for these uh, acts we've been talking about today. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's so, just what it was like, strange as it might seem. <laughs> again, don't think it would fly today. Not no. that, not that they're. It's kind of a different world. Yeah. It is, and not that they're not having sex under the stage. They can do whatever they want. Of course, I think Def Leppard would be a little hard pressed to find sixty women who want to be under stage under stage with them when they're like what 60, 65, I don't know, but I think it's probably easier when you're like twenty four. You gave half you know? my script already. <laughs> what do you see? You know. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I mean, maybe they can. I mean. 
Older men are all the rage these days, and the Def Leppard crew look pretty darn good for their age, so I don't know, but I don't think it would fly today. It just wouldn't, and I agree with Loudwire.com. Some of these things, I just think they would just be riddled with, uh, I don't know, issues and problems and potentially like lawsuits and blackmail and all kinds of stuff at, at this day and age, and maybe, you know... Even a payment or two, probably, to settle out of court. There are no secrets today. So right, that's, that's true. That's, that's why that's difficult That's now. true. Everybody <laughs> would have a picture of everything happening everywhere. That's yeah. true. Well, Jane's Addictions, Dave Navarro. Now, he once went into what he called his backstage orgy room to shoot some heroin, and there he found three naked women using the space for its intended purpose. Now... That's one of a bazillion stories about Dave Navarro. Now, here's the thing. Dave Navarro is fucking beautiful. He's gorgeous. He's just got it. He's a, you know, whatever. He's a little rock god dude. But again, the stuff that he's... And he has a memoir that I so want to read. Of course he does. That is very, I guess, uh, detailed about some of these things. And he is not shy about sharing all the stuff that he did. But again, I don't know that you could have, first of all, a heroin room, uh, well, an orgy slash heroin room, and go in there and just have people shooting heroin, you know, just three naked women shooting heroin in there and it not cause a problem. So, you know, again, stuff that you probably could not get away with today. Do you believe you could get away with that today? Uh, No, like I said, no secrets today, no privacy. Um, It's, uh, yeah, they're pretty much going to... Somebody's going to out him. You're, you're doing it for the whole world, basically. Yeah, you're, you're, there's nothing. Nothing stays anywhere. That's you know? right. This is like the worst. Probably sex not tape even ever. Vegas. You know, <laughs> Led Zeppelin. So this is a little more tame. This is not like the infamous mud shark incident where they and thank heaven for that. I, said I, I was, to implode that, that a woman, starting to swim into my mind. I said, "Please God, not that." No, this is not that. But thank they you. were said to have pleasured a groupie with a shark. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. But yeah. no one seemed to call attention to the houses of the Holy Album Art until Facebook banned it. So I, I have seen that. Yes, the I've album that. cover, as we know, which features naked children climbing up some kind of mountain, is clearly not the most pc thing and this kind of goes to the nirvana thing right where you can see baby junk i don't want to see baby junk that's far and that's far worse too it is they did issue like a band that comes around the album yeah that's nice covering up the you know the majority of kid ass yeah i don't i don't need kid ass i don't want to see it i really don't (laughs) i mean why do they even put the kid why why why, you're asking for trouble but then it works sometimes if you're looking for like what the hell was blind faith thinking with the kid i mean i I have questions i don't need to see any of that i mean come on they would think that probably 45 years later we'd still be talking about them that's probably it exactly well it worked yeah it worked um, so it says, you know, it probably wouldn't be issued as an album art today. I do not think it would be issued. It's not okay, I don't think. Well, it looks cool in an ominous sort of way, in like a creepy, like these children raised by wolves sort of way. I'm not really sure what's going on here. The possibility of such an image being flagged as child pornography isn't an outlier today. Because, you know, I mean, I even know mothers who are like, I don't post children pictures of my children clothed anywhere because mm-hmm. they could be used for creepy things. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. So I think that this particular album, when we were looking for album art to hang up in our home, I'll tell you, this one did not come into mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not going to totally have baby, but not going to have child asses in my house. I'm it's, just it's not. Like, and I would never put up yes going for the one either. Thank you. No. You know, no, I mean, I'm good. We have to have like, his ass being the focus of, the, of what would be a good cover. On a cool a, cover. A truly excellent album. Right. I mean, I don't know that that would be banned today, but I don't need it. No. I'm it's, good. It's just like, it's something you don't even want 
visible where anyone can see it. Right, but the kid ass, I'm if out. You, if you, I don't want that. If you had any uh, an ass album out, like in the front of your record collection, when somebody came over to visit, you would cl- you would cover it. You'd I probably mean, you probably cover would, it. You know? Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I got House of the Holy Little one. Well, yeah, it's I mean, little CD, but yeah, it's you just you know keep it under wraps. That's yeah, cool. It's, it's, got it's just the, weird. It's got the ass band. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into it. I'm yeah. not into it. So I, that would not fly today. Um, like you said, there's been all these all these things that are like un, are changing the way that that album art is displayed, and I think it's okay because I, again, I understand that. The parents were okay with it and that they got paid and everything, just like the little kid who's junks out on the Nirvana thing. But I just don't think it's right. I don't need to see it. Let's just, do they have to, do we have to show that? We don't. So anyway, would not fly today. Now, this is not a band that I like, but I think it's still interesting. Wasp. While launching, (laughs) because what Wasp used to do, I don't know if they still do it, was launch pieces of a dead pig into the audience. Oh, um, so obviously today this would cause alarm bells from PETA, obviously. And they also had a semi-naked woman hung from a rock on stage as if to be tortured. That probably wasn't the best idea either. Yeah. So neither of those things would fly today. I don't know how they were ever okay. But yeah, it's funny how as much as there are a lot of things I don't like about today, there are a few things like the examples that are coming up tonight that, you know what? I think That's we pretty got, good. I think we got a better idea today. Yeah, we, we have a good handle on things. <laughs> maybe maybe that goes too far in some areas and everything, but I think this is right on. It, I think it? I think these are right on. So yeah. I, I feel like these are probably a very good example of some of the antics that would not fly today, but that were okay, not only because of a great point you made because of the privacy or lack thereof, but also just because people are more aware of things that seem weird or that uh, that are seen as something that can objectify a certain group of people, children, women, men, gays, whatever in the world it is. Let's just let's just chill. So anyway, these would not fly today for many, many reasons and very interesting. And that mud shark incident, I'm glad we didn't go into it because that's some creepy shit. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I turn it over to you now. Except that they allegedly caught it from the window, some lame shit like that. What the hell? I mean, you catch Come on. it. I mean, from a hotel window on the water. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's so just talking fresh. You know, thank God. Fresh. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, you might as well. You should have fresh. Yeah, the freshest shark around. Well, now that uh, we've bantered, uh, what is that? I'm looking at the format, and is, is this one up to date? Unlike the last one that I was looking at during the last show. Oh, I gotta say, the live show it went well, don't you think? I think next time you do the fucking format. Uh, that's what yeah. I think. Uh, it's everything is absolutely perfect. You know, two, uh-huh. two weeks have passed since our uh, triumphant live show premiere, but in, in our world, it's been only one. Yes, it's only a week ago. That's right. You're not hearing it for two weeks, but we're like, uh oh. Oh, they're not so, going to hear it for a lot more than two weeks. Right. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, right. They're yeah. going to hear it a lot. But we're recording it like right after. Right. Know, exactly. A week after. And, you know, uh, we've been busy, uh, and by which yeah. I mean Christina's been busy. So, you know, you've heard of disaster preparedness. Well, you're, what you're, what's about to ensue is a disaster due to a lack of preparedness. Great. But uh, we are counting. <laughs> we are counting on a potent cocktail of hubris, nihilism, and bath salts to carry us through. <laughs> we've got our beverages here. We've got uh, uh, sweet-ass beverages. Sweet-ass. Uh, you just got to have them. But no uh, no naughty water. We don't do the naughty water. I don't do naughty water. As uh, Russell Brand said. All right. Well, it's all you. It's all you. What? I need to shut up for a while. Oh, hopefully a very short while. Nope. All right. Let me get prepared here. Okay. All right. Uh, time for, as usual, the theme recap, because we don't expect you to remember all this time. We're thinking you're like us, you know, and everything has to be written down or read to you and spoon-fed you. Uh, probably an unfair assumption. But uh, we're continuing... With Freebird, the onslaught, it continues. Uh, any genre, any song, 
No questions asked. We're not going to, you know, it's, it's don't ask, don't, don't tell. Don't yeah. tell us what it's about. Don't tell. We're not even asking. Just we're send it. We're not asking you. Just send it. Just send have it. a title and the band name and, uh, you know, that's all we ask. That's right. Please, so, please have that. And, and send it to uh, bofonair at gmail.com. So, However far out you thought your stuff was, and it didn't apply, it didn't uh, apply to anything, or didn't uh, belong in any category. We're welcoming it now. So. Yes. All right. And uh, is that my name again? It is. The, uh, you're kidding me. No, twice in a row. Okay. 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 Well, that means we're coming up to a feature that we've done before called "It Was Mina," and for this feature, we discuss the songwriters of some of the biggest hits, not written by the artist or band, the unsung heroes of popular music, and sometimes it becomes. <clears throat> The writer records the song themselves, but everybody only hears the cover. True. And such is the case tonight. Mm. Well, in 1965, a young British man trying to establish himself as a songwriter was pitching songs around to other artists. And by 1967, one of his songs was a UK chart hit for a lady named P.P. P. Arnold. Mm. Later on that year, this young man, who at various times has gone by the name Yusuf Islam or Yusuf, or more recently, Yusuf slash Cat Stevens released his own version of an achingly beautiful ballad that you probably know if mm. you're a young enough thing and tender enough by the hit Cheryl Crow had with it. Or if you're an older cool person, Wait, you're. Let me tell. The first cut is the deepest. Who, who, who got you into the song? Who was the artist? Cat Stevens. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, because See, well, a lot. But, I mean, of young she, she defiled it. Of course, she she ruined it for me. But yes, Cat Stevens. I'm much more familiar with the Rod Stewart and the Cheryl Crow's okay, but I mean, the Rod Stewart is the best. Oh, version I haven't to heard me. that version. Yes, the first cut is the deepest. It might not be that widely known that this gorgeous tune comes from the pen of one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters, Mr. Cat Stevens. But it did. And back in the '70s, Rod Stewart albums were separated. Between the fast side and the slow side, and the first cut is the deepest, was the only song on the slow side not written by Stewart himself, mm. appearing second in order after the somewhat controversial hit, Tonight's the Night. I love that song. Of what? course, that video is a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. I can't. There are slightly cringy elements <laughs> yes. to it. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not entirely alone. In that I'm one. not sure that would fly yeah. today. That's yeah, a, there, another rock another antic. That's another one. <laughs> What I love about the song, though, is that despite the heartbreak and the uncertainty, the narrator is at least willing to try to love again as he or she sings, I'm sure, I'm sure going to give you a try, you know. So there's some hope there, unlike the fatalism of Meatloaf's Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> songwriter right. Jim Total Eclipse of the Heart Steinman oh, has, has always been given to hyperbolic melodrama. <laughs> it's kind of like his brand, I That's think. That's his M.O. Yep. Well, the young Brit who wanted to make it as a songwriter certainly did, never mind the string of multi-platinum albums of his own, to which he was returned, resuming his recording career after a 28-year break like it weren't even a thing. Yusuf also won ASCAP Songwriting Awards in 2005 and 2006, both for first cut. the first cut is the deepest? No. The hell? I, I don't know if you could do that with yeah. the same song. It's pretty you know? magic. Must have been a different, uh, different version. Of it course. has been a hit for four different artists. Yep. You know? And you, I haven't heard any of the comeback albums, and I probably should. But uh, the first one, uh, Road Singer, when he came back after this big long break, features an iTunes bonus track with guest stars Paul McCartney and Dolly Parton. All right, how freaking cool is that? Uh, I can t- <laughs> I'll tell you, in the seventies, I had five consecutive albums of his, and spun them every bit as much as Black Sabbath and the Sex Pistols because he's just a badass, you know. 
Yeah, and unlike your Neil Diamond and Bob Dylans and Bruce Springsteens of the world, I can't think of that many other Cat Stevens songs that were hits for other artists. You know, but they're so they're so distinctly his. I'm really not that surprised, I guess. Though there's a band called Sugar Punk Fairies that did a kick-ass punk cover of his Wild World. Never saw that one coming, which was a blast. Uh, I recently picked up a couple of his 70s records on vinyl, but I have yet to check on the later ones. I have to do that because it's hard to imagine they're not great. And I know, despite your occasionally somewhat heretical views, Punkin, that you are a person who appreciates the art of Mr. Stevens. Is that not so? Well, that's true. And whether they're heretical or not is completely, <laughs> a, you know, not in the matter subjective. Of, not in the matter of Mr. Stevens. Well, yeah. <clears throat> You're a heretic yourself in many regards. But no, he's brilliant. I absolutely love him. And a uh, strange story. I was introduced to him many, many years ago. I think I was 17 when I heard him for the first time, maybe 16. And it was from a girl at the time. Her name was Manda. And I absolutely hated her. She was friends. She was a friend of a friend. And I did not like her. But she made these mixtapes for people because she had such eclectic taste in music that she would make these mixtapes for people. And she... <laughs> they cannot hear that. Go they on. They can't hear it all. <laughs> no, they can't. They can I'll bet you some money. Okay. Um, and I remember being in the car listening to some of these tapes and stuff I'd never heard before. You know, Dire Straits, stuff by, like, uh, I think the first time I ever heard uh, Sacrifice by Elton John was on one of these mixtapes. And that was the only compliment I ever had for her was that she made great mixtapes. So she made me a mixtape. <laughs> Uh, the age of the mixtape. <laughs> and she, and it had stuff I'd never heard on it. One was Cat Stevens, and she put several songs, and it was, I think she gave me two mixtapes, um, even though we hated each other. Mm -hmm. We just did not like each other, and I still got two great mixtapes out of it that introduced me to some <laughs> incredible music. I've one was Cat Stevens. I've made so many mixtapes for people. <laughs> I have one that's in my cassette collection someplace. i got to dig at and play it and remember whatever I put on that uh, mixtape. You the kids today, I mean, you can make them virtually on Spotify, yeah, like nothing. But when you actually had to take a cassette tape and take another cassette tape and dub them, that's side right, by side. and then write all in the little teeny tiny <laughs> writing, yep. absolutely. So or type it. I was into typing. And, oh, see, so you know, yeah, back then we were writing it, and even though I fucking hated her, thank you very much, Manda. You introduced me to some great music, and you really had incredible taste. And I'm sure you still have incredible taste in music. So at least I like that about you. Rock on Manda. <laughs> See, I got her name right. How about that? That's right. All right, certainly. What's that? Two features you squeezed out of my moldering corpse? Uh, what, my uh, what? God, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear to God, I did nothing of the sort. I swear to God. <laughs> it's got to be. I see the word both here. Yes. Oh. So now. That, that's got to include me then. That's, well, that's, yes, that's, it does. But oh, uh, I, oh, I love the sound of it, though. So what we are going to do this time is we are, oh well, what we're going to do at this time is introduce a song, and uh, this song is by a band called Grimace. And <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the song is Howl, so let's go take a listen and we'll be right back. Yeah. 
That was Howl by Grimace. They are from Portland. They are electronic rock, and they are slightly delicious. Where are you landing with this? Well, yeah, Grimace, Howl. Uh, this this is a three-act play here, Seriously. practically. The Overture is this beautiful, you say, oh, this is progressive goth. I can really dig this. Before the vocal even starts, you have no idea what to expect. 
Uh, then this artful guitar transforms it all into like space rock, you know? Right. Like you're do- doing this whole Pink Floyd thing. Then it shapeshifts, and this wicked, crazed Hornet riff comes in. It's like early Alice Cooper, psychedelic, mm. via Black Sabbath, this really stirring and powerful female vocal. And then it, it, it again, morphs into this vaudeville nightmare passage, you know? <laughs> I mean, Grimace just blew me away. How? Yeah, she does, for sure. They do as a band. This is uh, this is a smash. Okay, absolutely. Well, I have so much to say about this, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I just love the guitar that has kind of that Middle Eastern undertone right at the beginning, and then those, like you said, the slight vocalizations. You kind of hear her somewhere in the back. They're very welcome, and they're slightly chilling, which I really like. And then about two minutes in, the song just takes a whole big turn, and it begins its face melting quest. Um, and she really delivers kind of like a sexy and moaning vocal, which I really, really love. And the chorus is what I wanted. It delivers again and again, movement after movement, because it really felt like it had so many different parts. I am absolutely in love with this band, and I have a couple of things to say about them. Number one, they are a two-person band. Um, he does everything, and she sings, so sounds very familiar to me. There's a lot of that going around. <laughs> and this band is a band we played with on tour. Nice. So we shared a stage with Grimace. I believe it was their first show at the Hawthorne Hideaway when we were on our tour. Not only are they wonderful people, but very, very brilliant musicians, and this stage show was on fire. Uh, he's there with all of his toys, and she is there. She is absolutely beautiful, radiant, just this wonderful person, and just this powerhouse, and she is commanding the stage. She's owning the stage. It's amazing. It was really amazing to see them do their thing. I was so happy to have come upon Grimace and to have been able to share the stage with them, but they are definitely an act worth watching, and we are hoping to play with them again. But it was important that I share Grimace with all of you and hopefully with the world because they are a new band, but they are not one to really be overlooked. You've got to watch them and you can find them on Facebook at Kiss My Grimace and that's G-R-I-M-I-S-S. Yeah, not like it's really spelled, you know. No. Not like the evil Grimace from McDonald no. Land, you know. No. <laughs> he spelled it in the classical way. Yes. So it's not to confuse the youngins. Correct. Grimace doesn't care. I love them though, truly, and I promise you, no Paola was involved or anything, not through any want of trying on our part, but no. uh, we uh, we do this uh, just for the for the support. That's correct. And this particular one now, they don't know that I'm I have a podcast. I didn't tell any of them I had a podcast or anything. But, you know, I thought about it a lot and I thought, well, I wanted to have a whole show where I just featured bands that I was on, that I met on tour. And I thought, well, you know what? We have a wide open space here. I'm going to play a couple of the bands that uh, we played with. And this was one of them, definitely one of my favorites. But there were so many great acts we played with, like Cherry Bomb 13, who we played on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Um, So very great acts that will come in weeks to come. I will start to share more of them with you. Uh, But Grimace is amazing. So... Thank you very much, Grimace, for sharing a stage and for being so fucking amazing. Now for the pecking order. Hmm. And for this feature, we pit similar bands and artists against one another and determine the pecking order. So this time I've selected Billy Squire versus Peter Frampton. So it's uh, it's quite a pairing. I think it's very it makes a lot of sense. 
but it's interesting because people are very much on one side or the other. Right, but I do think it will give just about anybody pause. I think so. give a lot of people pause. Hmm, what do I really think about that? That's right. It is a a fair fight for sure. Yeah, and you don't have to pit artists against each other, right? But if you had to. But if you had to, that's kind of like, you know. We're always going to prefer one. It's a would you rather. Would would you you rather rather this or Mm -hmm. this? So if you had to pick one over the other, you know, you might be looking at things like hits, right? I don't look at hits. I look at how it makes me feel. Do I love the song? Is there a consistent, you know, number of songs that I like by that artist? Does it move me? Does it, you know, touch me in a way that, you know, I can't explain, which I really love? So I'm looking at a lot of different factors when I'm listening to this music. Now, these are both artists I'm familiar with, obviously. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. But when you're looking at these two artists and you're weighing them, what are the factors that you're considering? Yeah, it's a fair match. uh, And it it gave me pause. I thought, oh, no, I have to think about this. First of all, let me say each one excels at ballads, power ballads, and things like that. They can make you feel. They can be beautiful. They can also rock hard and kick ass. I think Billy Squire leans a little more on that than... Uh, so if you like that, you may Peter lean Frampton. that way? Well, it's kind, of a, it's kind of strange that Peter Frampton was in a band that I think was not good enough for him, honestly. Uh, uh, Humble Pie is okay, but that performance live album is boring as hell. The band wasn't good enough for him. He had more to offer. Strangely enough, making him softer, allowing him to do uh, you know songs like... Yes, is that Peter fucking Frampton? Baby, I love your way. <laughs> no, or was it? Was it? It was yeah. Baby, I love your way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that Peter fucking Frampton? It's that movie we're always talking about again. High fidelity. Yeah, just watch the thing and you'll understand everything we say. But um, I would go with. Uh, it, it is a tough call. I would personally side with Frampton. Not biased at all by the fact that I saw him in concert and he was awesome. Not gonna say. Not gonna let that factor in at all. I've had albums by each. I did have more Frampton albums, maybe four or five. Four, I think. And like one or two play squires. But they're both great. I would kind of lead towards Frampton. What sayest thou? Mm, I am um, a rocker chick. I am uh, I knew it. way I knew it. into Billy Squire. I'm a huge fan of Squire. I'm a huge fan of his voice, of, of just the composition, the song delivery, the way the song makes me feel. Peter Frampton feels often to me a little too adult contemporary, and I don't. I steer away from that. I'm not into adult contemporary. I don't hate it, but that's where Sting falls to, and I just kind of stay stay away from those like areas and kind of go more toward, you know, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit, maybe being a little more rocky. So I'm P- a Squire I, fan. Peter Frampton is way more rocky than Sting, but not Billy Squire. That's for sure. So yeah, I figured that would be about yeah. where you come down, and it's respect. Billy Squire is fantastic. He's amazing. Performer. Yeah, yeah. So I so mean, Frampton, like I said, Frampton and Humble Pie wasted totally. Uh, solo, I think he's great, but um, it is a fair fight. I by a very small margin, I might give it to Frampton. But, yeah, uh, they're great I'm not, guys. Good, I mean, good and, choices, good choices. And we don't have to pick, but I'm making us pick. So while your pick is respectable, I I still respectfully think you're wrong, but that's okay. Not by much. Not by much. Not no. by much. All right, so I am done, and now on to another song. It, it calls for tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> and I am quite tolerant. I am. So now we go to another song by an artist, because that's what we do. We are an indie music-focused show. So we play these five indie artists every time, so let's get to the second in a number of artists well number being five this one is minuet machine and the song is don't run from the fire and this is actually a live version of this song because they are currently recording so very interesting let's take a lick a lick 
Take a lick. I don't need to take a lick. Let's take a listen to Don't Run From the Fire.
Okay, well, that was Minuet Machine with Don't Run From The Fire Live. They're from Paris, and they describe their genre as disruptive wave, which I actually agree with. That makes perfect sense to me. I really, really like it. So, uh, one of the things that I really liked about it is it's just industrial, and it's disturbing, yet it's sexy. I found it kind of like sexy, hot, chanty sort of thing. I can picture sweaty bodies dancing and getting lost in the kind of the trance-inducing sounds. It's just this crazy, great soundscape. It's a, it's a right? soundscape from a 70s supernatural thriller. <laughs> an, erotic, an erotic 70s supernatural thriller. Erotic and, and is key, yes, yeah, I like it. From a musical standpoint, that's a good one. It's a good one. I love the darkness, and it kind of really, I feel like it took me places that... I wasn't ready to go, but I'm glad I went anyway. <laughs> it's just one of those things. But it does kind of, without even thinking about it, it just kind of puts you in a different place. So exactly. I love this song. Exactly what it does. Minuet Machine, you don't run from the fire. Well, you ain't going to run from nothing because this song catches you up in its uh, haunting sensuality right out of the gate. These otherworldly percussion and synthesizers. Uh, suspend you uh, and just elicit uh, an out-of-body experience. It's it's incredible, this tune. Uh, the song is a trip, and I can only imagine what it would be like with the lights out. We're sitting here with the lights on. Imagine they're yes. lying. You'd probably really space out. I would. It is totally... Well, and uh, you know what? It seems that uh, if part of your band name is Machine, you're probably going to be pretty good. It's pretty promising, actually. I agree, yes. We've seen a couple of them, and they're pretty darn good, and this is uh, this is terrific stuff. Absolutely. I really like it, and this is them live. And live, it's harder exactly. to pull off a really great sound, and they sound amazing. So. Yeah, that would do a studio proud. I mean, that's... Uh, Without a know. doubt. Well, imagine. I mean, I was very happy to buy this track, which I do most of the tracks that I hear. I was very happy to buy this track. And sometimes, I will tell you, that the fact that it says live... Kind of a deterrent. I'm, but I'm sure one. that's greatly offset by the money that pours into our Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Patreon? <laughs> Hilarious. Sorry to steal your thunder. Uh, you Hilarious. Know I, you, know I love, uh, you know I love that tune. And that that's band. so yeah. great. You can find them on Facebook at Minuit Machine, and that's M-I-N-U-I-T Machine. So definitely subscribe, like, and follow. And you can buy their live tracks right now on Bandcamp. Disruptive wave. Does that mean it makes you pass out or something? Because it, it very well might under certain conditions. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it makes you pass out as much as it uh, takes you somewhere. Takes you somewhere. And I like it. I like where I went. All right. Well, it looks like the inevitable. The sand has run through the hourglass, and I have to do another feature, namely Hawkward Lyrics. For this feature, we weigh in on nonsensical, strange, crazy, or just bullshit song lyrics. And, you know, we, we love doing this one. And uh, in 1968, again, sorry, mm. the 60s, 1968, Carrie Puckett and the Union Gap had a hit song called Young Girl. In it, our unfortunate narrator, who was happily anticipating getting lucky with the girl in question, comes to the unfortunate realization that she's too young. Oh. The lines include, with all the charms of a woman, you've kept the secret of your youth. Oh. You led me to believe you're old enough to give me love, and now... <gasps> It hurts to know the truth. Ooh. Age of consent is a bitch. Okay, well, um, <laughs> well, you know, so he informs her the deal is off. And you're probably asking yourself, what's so awkward about that, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing. It seems like, a, seems like a proper response. Nothing. That's why we're talking about another song 
wherein the speaker has a very different reaction to the female's minor status. Oh, yes. no. Yes. Also released in 1968, the song In Focus is the work of the undisputed kings of getting Hawkward lyrics onto the top 40 radio, the Rolling Stones. Oh. And a little statutory rape ditty called Stray Cat Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Unla- <laughs> Did they put that on the jacket like a statutory rape ditty? I mean, <laughs> it ought to. It probably it really is should. To, these days it would probably get labeled. That's you know? true. Yeah. No, I'm sure they're still in it. Oh, man. Unlike Gary Puckett, Mick Jagger's character, certainly nothing like the real Mick Jagger, perish the thought. Reasons, it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. So nothing short of a trip to the gallows is going to turn him from some underage nookie involving a 15... (laughs) Involving a 15-year-old girl runaway, or at least a really motivated groupie. And it goes like this. I hear the click-clack of your feet on the stairs. I know you're no scared-eyed honey. There'll be a feast if you just come upstairs. Okay, this is obviously a solicitation, but it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. Mm. And I can see that you're 15 years old, though I don't want your ID. (laughs) And I can see that you're so far from home, but that's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. And then in in the the choruses, he keeps saying, I bet your mama don't know you scream like that. I bet your mother don't know you can spit like that. Oh, my God. Oh, it gets better and better. Oh, my God. You look so weird and you're so far from home, but you don't really miss your mother. Uh, don't look so scared. I'm no mad brain bear. And then he goes on to say, you say you got a friend that she's wilder than you. Why don't you bring her upstairs? If she's so wild, then she can join in, too. Yes, oh. it, actu- yes, oh it actually God. gather. Yes, it actually goes there. Oh, my God. This is really fucking awkward. <laughs> So I picked a worthy one, apparently. Holy shit. Kind of hit home run, though. Yeah, well, the, the Rolling Stones always deliver. Yeah. So um, Clearly. While the boys were always edgy compared to the relatively wholesome Beatles, the unconventional subject matter of their songs, not counting, uh, rhapsodizing about how good young black girls taste, and I know a certain <laughs> chick is so hot that she can make a dead man come on Top 40 Radio, <laughs> was certainly relevant, though. Prescription pill addiction, depression following the death of a loved one, and so forth. But this one, well, as it was once described, is really dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty is a very conservative term. Yes. Uh, The music accompanying this ode to lechery is is pure gutter sleaze as well. (laughs) It is is 100% consistent across the board. Now, it wasn't a single, but it has actually been covered a few times, including a version by Johnny Winter. Uh, the Stones would also perform it live. In fact, it appears on what is no doubt one of the most celebrated concert recordings ever, Get Your Yaya's Out, and uh, in 1970 with their new guitarist, Mick Taylor. The beginning of the golden age, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, after two years of growth and maturity and inflection, did they modify the song at all when they performed it live in 1970? Indeed, they did. This time, the Stray Cat is only 13 years old. <gasps> Fuck me. Oh my no God. wonder. Is it any wonder they knighted him? You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Sir Mick Jagger, man. Uh, two years later than that, she's two years younger. That has really disturbing implications for the 1972 tour, let me just say. <laughs> oh my God. Of course, many of us were sexually active back then, 15. I mean, I was, although... Like, not really since then or anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really the, <laughs> here lies David, you know. <laughs> he hasn't scored since, you know. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, 
it's really a matter of the difference in age and either side of the legal dividing line that makes this an issue at all. But clearly the narrator's repeated references to the girl's mother indicate he knows just how horrified she'd be and possibly jealous uh, and (laughs) and what a bad boy he's being. But that's what they do. This makes Kiss's totally inappropriate song, Christine 16, seem almost puritanical by comparison. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Almost. Now, the Rolling Stones are currently in the United States on their No Filter Tour. So, basically, this scene is probably playing out as we speak. <laughs> and she's now 11, probably. Ah. I mean, like, what the fuck? But, I mean, Mick must be even more broken up than I am about the death of the Wembley Whammer himself, our beloved Charlie Watts. This is just gutting me. I love the man. Um, he has to console himself somehow. So, oh, honestly, shit. I mean, you know, doesn't he? Uh, of course, maybe the, girls, it's, maybe the girls in question that he goes for are proportionally younger than him, as was the stray cat. So if it's a certain number of years younger than he is, like 10 or something, that would make his uh, current ideal group be about 65. So, cool. Now that's hot. And that won't be a problem. No problem, yeah. Hell yeah. No problem. Wow. Well, that was a fucking doozy. That was a good one. Holy shit. Kind of hawkward. Yeah, kind of hawkward. Kind of? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not one to blush. I feel like I was blushing, and I might have been a little like wanting to run out of the room screaming. (laughs) I mean, what's he going to be saying? And I can see you're only seven years old. I mean, mean, like, oh. How fucking far is it? How far are we going? How far are we going? They knighted him. Uh, Of course they did. He's Mick Jagger. All right. Hey, well, Who from Who am I kidding? from rules. debauchery to uh, another artist, we have to leave debauchery. Really? We do just just for a little bit. I mean, well, I'm not sure because can we circle back to it. This we sure can. This song. Well, I'm sorry. This band is Sarah and the Safe Word. So that's interesting. And the song name is Red Hot and Holy. So the question is, will they live up to their band name and their song name? Let's find out. Striking a blow So get up, get up 
the safe word with red hot and holy the band from atlanta that calls himself queer cabaret rock band well i will say that is incredibly accurate i i really i feel like i just attended a broadway play like it felt like i was listening to the i was listening to and watching a musical like a really good like rock musical which i absolutely love Definitely cabaret rock, 100%. It was totally, thoroughly enjoyable. I love the instrumentation throughout. There's so many textures, so many little flourishes, and I really do love the end where he is screaming, but with that effect on it, so he sounds kind of far away. I can't even tell you. I thought this was so much fun. I enjoyed it, and I think it's also, I want to add to genres, that it is, to me, a bit of pop perfection. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you use that word because that's what I was going to say. Um, that you start out and you're like being hit with this progressive, high octane Americana vaudeville, and it's just like, wow, you're you're at another time, you're at another place, and uh, it is it's kind of without time. And uh, so I totally see them calling themselves cabaret, especially. I don't I don't I don't perceive the queerness from the sound alone, but uh, it's not a stretch either. And now that you mention it. <laughs> But uh, I love his band, and, and the name is very intriguing, too, Safe Word. Does that mean, like, if you accidentally say a certain word during the performance, they stop playing right away? It's I don't think so. I think the safe word is maybe, like, I just can't take any more of this fucking amazing music. Oh, my so, safe so it word isn't is, for the band. Okay. No, my safe word is, you have to give me, I, I need five, and then I can come back, and you can just kick my ass again with this fucking amazing music. How about that? I think yeah, that's and, it. and you mentioned it has sort of a modern pop vocal, yeah. which belies the rest of the, you know, the the extravagance, the experience, yes. because modern music is generally so shallow, and it works big time I here. think it yes. totally works. I mean, it's like Duran Duran with the anti-upped uh, I kind agree. of a bit. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's fabulous stuff. So another winner you found there, Pumpkin. Good for you. Absolutely. Thank you for not wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> you did not hear that. Uh, no. I did not fucking hear that. So Sarah and the Safe Word, you can find them on Facebook at Sarah, that's S-A-R-A-H, just so you know, and The Safe Word. Definitely check them out, like them, follow them, love them. We do. Uh-oh, you know what time it is. It is time for the feature that everybody loves. And no, it's not History Strikes Back, but it is Various Songbirds. And for this feature, we name lines from songs and try to stump each other in a head-to-head battle. This is Various Songbirds Battle Royale. Woohoo! So this time, you will go first. 
All right, and this time I get to feed you lyrics and not abominated tunes, <laughs> and uh, this one proves particularly interesting and challenging in its own way. All okay. right, so let's see what you do with this one. This is, oops, I don't want to give anything away. All right, she never mentions the word addiction in certain company. She talks to angels. Whoa, that was fast. Uh, by uh, whom, by, madam? That is the Black Crows. I cover this song. Didn't you? E- oh, that's right. Yeah, I love yeah. this song. I figured you'd... Uh, it's, uh, it's in certain company. Yes. So good. Oh, that was a great one. Now you make me want to sing Nailed that song. Nailed the pumpkin. Was that one a soft one? Was that one cottony enough for you? Um, No comment. This one should be... I mean, it's it's not. It, this is lighter than air. This is worthy of the word feather. Yellow tigers crouched in jungles in her dark eyes. <laughs> She's just dressing goodbye windows. Tired, tired starling. Oh, yes. tired starlings. Ooh, babies, little sweethearts. Uh, I absolutely love. This is my number one song. Interesting, you mentioned this too. Prescient, the prescience parade persists. Oh my god! Because. Uh, <laughs> I was going to that. That might have come up uh, later on. Oh so, my! Uh, gee, how how is that? We're almost done here. How's that? I don't know how it's how possible. But okay, maybe I'm thinking of another time. I don't know. <laughs> what show is this? Uh, so, <laughs> all right, White Room. So I got to give you another one. By oh, so I'm sorry. By Cream or the Cream, if you if you insist. Of the crop. Yep. Oh, all right. Sorry. Please continue. All right. Um, the full moon is calling, the fever is high, and the wicked wind whispers and moans. You got your demons, and you got desires. Well, I got a few of my own. That's a lot of song, it's babe. Calling. What can I tell you? Full moon is calling. Silver platter. <laughs> Fuck. I know I know this. Oh, yeah. But it's a lightning round, so I can't, can't belabor the point. All right, how long do you have then, Miss Lightning Round? About 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to have to call myself out as fucking that up. One of these nights. Ah, shit. The full moon is calling. The fever is high. I can't say that I know all the lyrics to that, but I should have got that. Well, I bet you if I did the melody, you'd have gotten it. That's true. If this were hummingbirds, you'd have it. That's true. All right, so one for you and one not for you. And uh, what do I got coming up? You can ponder perpetual motion. Fix your mind on a crystal day. Always time for a good conversation. There's an ear for what you say. Up Around the Bend by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Am I wrong? That's correct. All right, yeah, that's, that is, that's I mean, ta- he wanted to make music that people would still be li- listening to in 50 years as if it were new and, you know. Feather. feather. That, that was a total feather. Oh, let's see if I can repay you with a similar feather. Mm, I'd like to see that. We are, we are flocking together anyway. Uh-oh, I hope this isn't difficult. Mm-hmm. Did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? Hot ashes for trees, hot air for a cool breeze. Without the melody, it's a, it's a bitch, I know. The Maria syndrome. One more, one more, one more time. Did they, did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? Hot ashes for trees, hot air for a cool breeze, cold comfort for change. I know this fucking did song. Did you exchange a walk-on part in the war for a lead role in a cage? Oh, fuck. Oh, you're really going to ache. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry know. to inflict this on you. I know these lyrics. I I've, know this. Song. I feel just awful. Oh, I'm just having. I'm just like having the worst time with this day. Okay, I'm gonna have to say no to myself because I'm definitely out of time. Pink Floyd. <sighs> wish you were here. Yeah, without that melody, it's funny. That's the really like, compelling thing there. You it's know, like I totally know those lyrics. Oh, that sucks. Oh, okay. 
<sighs> well, a great song. Again, would have got if it was, you know, hummingbirds probably, but all right. Want to share my love with a warm-blooded lover. Want to bring a wild man back home. <laughs> oh, thank you for this. This is kind of feathery, too. It's very feathery. This is feathery. That would be Ms. Donna Summer with Hot Stuff. That's correct. Yeah. I love that song. I love that that keyboard riff, that riff in the beginning. It's just like it's kind of like uh, Rod Stewart. Do you think I'm sexy? I just it's just a great song, just a fun. It's a song. great song. Yes, I had that record, uh, the uh, Bad Girls. That's a, I think it's a Bad double. Girls. That's, a, that's a good one. Yes, man. so many good songs on there. Oh, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's okay. your turn. Okay, I'm I'm setting up here. I'm setting up one more, and this is, uh, I think this is uh, more than fair. Actually, I think mm. I'm being more than fair with this one. Same old song, just a drop of water in an endless sea. All we do crumbles to the ground, though we refuse to see. Oh, I'm so sorry if you don't get this. I, I will be in anguish, as will you. Is it legal for me to... Do the bylaws permit me to slip spit one line from later in the song? If you want to, it's up to you. Okay, yeah, okay, it's fair enough. It slips away, and all your money won't another minute buy. Ah, oh, darn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, dust in the wind. Oh, I'm so sorry. Kansas, dust in the wind. Hmm. I, uh, I I gave you the good, best ones I could, babe. Sorry. Well, they're good, I, except mine are, mine are feathery. Like, they're just like, I delivered them unto you, these gifts. This last one is also a gift. She's juicy, and she's trouble. She gets it to me good. My woman gives me power. Goes right down to my blood. Oh, honestly, the way that song is squealed, I never exactly knew that. And when you got to that last part, I'm going to go with You Should Be Dancing by the Beach. That's correct. Wow. I'm so sorry. Four uh, out of four. They were good ones. I'm sorry. You were so generous with those. So I tried to be. incredibly generous. I, I know tried. that you would know the lyrics to yeah. all of these. Amazing. I, I, incredible. So I so fucking lost. That's okay. I mean, this, okay. is, this is in a high chair being spoon fed. Yeah, I pretty much. Here <laughs> comes a plane. Here comes the plane. <laughs> that's how easily this was. You know, that's how I was coaxed into receiving that. The best. The best part of this, though, is you going okay, and then your face like, oh, there it is. I know this one. It's the best moment where you get it. That's the best. And then the saddest moment is when I never get the ones you give me because they are so hard and mean. So anyway. The next song <laughs> is by an artist named Japanese Breakfast, and the song is Be Sweet. I like that. Be Sweet. Let's take a listen to Japanese Breakfast.
Mm, that was good. That Japanese breakfast went down easy. Holy shit, that was so good. I love everything about this track. The little surprises in the song structure from the synth to the vocals, the bass, the guitars, the harmonies. I love the male counterpoint that enters at about the two-minute mark. I enjoyed it. The little kind of like call and response moment we had. It is so memorable. It's a delight. I feel like I got sweeter. If the exhortation to be sweet was issued to the song, then it complied because the song is it's absolutely fantastic. Yes, it's kind of experimental as they describe themselves, but at the same time, it establishes a rock-solid linear groove right from the start. Absolutely. You know, and, and for that reason, you can study this with your mind or your body can dance to it with equal ease. And that is uh, quite, a, quite a feat, actually, a feat of greatness that Mozart uh, aspired to. That, you know, music could be background or foreground. Uh, the back of your party or the forefront of your consciousness. And I know it It seems to come up a lot. Maybe I'm just in that frame of mind, and so are you, maybe because we're going to an actual theater later this month. <laughs> but uh, everything seems very theatrical. Yeah, and it I'm, definitely And I'm is. loving that. I'm, I'm absolutely addicted to that, more drawn to that than anything else. Something that has a real stagey, showy feel to it. And this does. They were, uh, they were fantastic. Japanese Breakfast Be Sweet, highly recommended by Birds of a Feather. Absolutely. And they hail from Philadelphia. And they are, as David mentioned, experimental. And I added alternative rock and pop because I feel like they have all of that. But one of the things that I like to do, instead of just going to a specific genre on Bandcamp, I like to go to experimental because you get such gems. And this is certainly one of them. And you can find them on Facebook at Japanese Breakfast. I mean, if people don't know what to call themselves, you know, that's interesting. That means they probably got some shit going on. That's right. Exactly. What are we again? You know, uh, we're pretty (laughs) awesome, but... I know, experimental, yes. yes. Yes, indeed. You go fishing in those waters and you do all right. You know? <laughs> Truth. Well, I hand it over to you what? before sorry, we what? do another oh. song. Oh, yes, of course, a feature. I'm thinking I did all my features. I did all the features that had anything to do with thinking or thought <laughs> or, or preparation. All right, well, uh, the feature in question, which does not call for any of those things, is Hell Yes or Oh, Hell No. Versus, sometimes versus. Not uh, this time. Yeah, not this time, though. The results. Uh, it's there, babe. Sorry. Uh, oh, oh, you got to start again. Oh, he's supposed to proofread. We should be no, <laughs> no, the results. And yeah, this is not. Go. This is just the new one. Sorry. All right. For this feature, we consider bands or artists and determine if we're in for them or out. And we also ask you to weigh in. We want to know your opinions, what you think. And in question this time. Those charming little fellows who seem to be back in the news, Guns N' Roses. Where so, did yeah. you come on Guns N' Roses? I don't have the numbers. Yes, I failed to put the numbers in here, but the Guns N' Roses numbers are kind of split and interesting. So we had 70-30. Wow. 70% that love GNR and 30% that really don't. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. So uh, it was very interesting. No snarky comments to speak of. Uh, I felt the snark, though. I could feel it. Um, you know, people are very divided. I think we got a, a, a hell no, and I think we got a just no, not even any punctuation, just no. So um, Guns N' Roses is one of those. I, if you separate the way that they their antics, if you will, from the actual music, then you can enjoy them in a different way. If you don't like slightly Muppety um, vocals, 
you know, that might be kind of tough for you to separate it. But if you go, well, it's got good music with some Muppety vocal yeah, vocals. It, we're especially know? gathering those signatures uh, to put it on the referendum so that we'll ban Gar- Guns N' Roses from ever performing covers again. But yeah, yeah go ahead. so there's that. Yeah, oh, ever. Um, and then if you say, well, you know, Guns N' Roses had their moment. Appetite for Destruction was great, but, you know, I'm kind of out. You know, so there's all kinds of schools of thought on it. Now, Guns N' Roses, I, I'm going to say that I'm kind of a 80-20 fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's kind of where I lie. I mean, I, I like Appetite for Destruction. I hate them doing any covers. Never do covers. Never, ever, ever, never. ever. <laughs> An abomination. Absolutely. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, I mean, just maybe don't. It's not a good idea. But as far as Guns N' Roses, I'm in. Am I? Am I a hell yes? I, I'm a. I'm a yeah. But I'm not a hell yes. I'm kind of a hell yeah. I mean, you know how sentimental I am. If anybody has like one song that's really, really great, uh, you know, you can't take that away from them. And I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for them. Well, Guns N' Roses has a lot of good material, especially early on. I got to say, songs like "It's So Easy." I mean, that is okay. so badass. That's fair. And yeah, "Welcome to the Jungle" too. I mean, yes. Oh, absolutely. And, but uh, the sweet- one we both agree with, though. Well, "Sweet Child of Mine" is great. Love but it. We love it. Paradise City. Paradise City. That's a fucking amazing song. It is up there with... Uh, it's it's an anomaly in a way, because take everybody knows who listens. My favorite song is... We heard it earlier today. Cream, White Room. That's right. My favorite song. Now, they are Cream themselves. They're fantastic. I wouldn't put them in my, even in my top 10 groups. There's so many great groups out there. Right. And yet, they have my number one song. Yes. So it's similar with Guns N' Roses. They are good. Yes, they are. Uh, if you, you could whittle down their catalog. There's a certain amount of filler and everything, but they've done a great many terrific songs, like the ones we're naming, especially the absolute perfection. I mean, Paradise City would be up there in the pantheon with White Room, even though Guns N' Roses is not. Every single note is just totally sublime. I mean, so I would say... Uh, Filler aside and very lamentable covers aside, I'm kind of hell yeah on them because you could put together one really solid Guns N' Roses album from everything they've put out or maybe an album and a half or something. But there's a lot of, you know, stuff you really don't need out there with them. True. But uh, the stuff that's good is so good. It's I so mean, good. It's, I agree. Yeah. I think they're they're great. I'm not going to call them classic because I think that's too much. I just think they're they're great. And uh, I am definitely a yes. I'm not a hell yes, but I'm certainly not a hell no. And the one thing that I failed to put on here is what is up next. And up next for hell yes or oh hell no is Jane's Addiction. How do you feel about Jane's Addiction? Are you in or are you out? We're going to ask you and uh, we'll see what you say. And then we'll tell you what we think as well. But we wouldn't be birds of a feather if we didn't go ahead and introduce our last band for this particular show. The band is the Banana Creatures, and the song is Edge of Decline. Let's take a listen.
stuck in blind existence And the laughs behind the mask seem to be That was the Banana Creatures with Edge of Decline. They are from Oregon, and they are amazing alternative fucking rock. So, holy shit. So, the vocals are super seductive to me. I love his phrasing and his tone, and he's got that little at the beginning. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, hell yes. Absolutely love it. And I like that he transforms his voice to really... I think he really communicates the lyrics and the emotion of the song with his voice. And I love how he goes from being that kind of sexy thing, just like, wow, and just kind of gets crazy. I really love it. And this band is just fucking rock solid. Top to bottom, fucking amazing, propulsive. Just, I mean, they are just too fucking good. I can't even say enough about them. Yeah, that's the surprise here, is that they are that solid, because, especially, first of all, whatever you imagine a banana creature might sound like, (laughs) this is not it, okay? (laughs) You're expecting some soft shit, and indeed, it's sort of a goth, post-punk, 
kind of a mellow deal in the beginning, uh, but then it turns all grungy and alt. I mean, it's a stew of all these uh, incredible disparate uh, genres and everything. I mean, it's a beautiful construction. The easy vocal early on lures you in. You were talking about that exactly it, how seductive the vocal is. Mm-hmm. Lures you in an alley where the monster rips can free are free to pummel you. True, and they is, do. Which is exactly what happens. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, you want drama? Well, okay, there. That's your that's your jam. Then that is that is a hell of a performance, and a tune from the Banana Creatures. So we played with them on tour as well. No, you did yes, not. they oh, did. This wow. was one of the bands that um, that we ended up performing with, and I have to tell you, I heard, I believe that was the track that I heard, and you know, and I was working with Liz, and Liz sent it to me, and I was like fucking get them on a bill with us they're fucking incredible and um when we played with them i mean they definitely did not disappoint not only are they nice guys good guys they're so good at what they do and their energy on stage is ridiculous they also have some songs that have some really fun you know kind of fuck with you lyrics which i also really like and they, they're they the kind of guys that got there before every other band started, stayed the entire night. They were the headlining band. They're so good, I made them the headliners. Wow. So uh, not us, them, because they're so good. And uh, just an incredible live performance. I mean, we're talking like they're jumping. You know, you've got you've got one of the guitars down there, and he's like, whoa, 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 at the very end, like messing with it. It was just badass. So good band. Well, good guys, amazing fucking band, and there's just so much more. They already have so much music out there, and they're creating new music all the time, and thank goodness they're playing all the time in Portland right now, which they should be because they're absolutely incredible. So, Banana Creatures, it was amazing sharing a stage with you guys, and when we come back or you guys come out here, we're going to do it again. You guys are such kick-ass people with amazing music. Yeah, we're happy to put you on the show. Hell yeah, Banana Creatures. Absolutely. So now, wait a minute. What? What? I don't know. I just know, I just know it has your name on it, so everything is right with the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. It says my name, and we're going to announce the new theme now. How exciting. Oh. And for a while, we've had quite a few Freebirds. Well, no more. We have changed our tune, or you're changing your tunes, whatever. This time, our new theme is called Happily Ever Thrasher. And yes, Thrasher is a bird. And it goes very well with our Halloween theme, right? So you get somebody, you can thrash somebody, you can get thrashed. In honor of the spookiest month of the year, we are seeking tales of smashed pumpkins, stolen candy, ghostly tales, macabre machinations, Venice vampires, terror, fright, and things that go bump in the night. Do you have a creepy-ass song? You got a weird-ass song that has an undercurrent of spookiness, darkness, well, you know, calling all goth bands. But really, you know, just go ahead and send it in to both on air at gmail.com. We are looking for spooky. That's what we're looking for. Spooky is your game. Send it on in. So, I guess, my goodness, it's already that time. That means that you have to do that thing that you do at the end of every show. Well, any, every both anyway. You mean, is this a feature that involves a puppy and a blanket? I do recall those two things being part of it, yes. Puppy right. and blanket. Just a... Uh Need some help figuring out where I am in the show. No problem. Hey, I'm here for you. Well, I guess it's time to wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket. Our next offering is a new episode of Winging It. Enjoy our 15 to 45-minute show that covers one topic. I think that's a much more realistic figure. Yes. Um, No music, no features. 
Just, I was going to say, fuck that noise. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just because we're having fun here. <laughs> okay. Uh, just mainstream music, chat, opinions, and uproarious laughter. The, the common denominator, the universal solvent, I think it is. Absolutely. Uh, your boys are coming at you every week. Never forget that. Subscribe to our feed at both on air. That's B-O-A-F, as in birds of a feather, on air.podbean.com. And enable notifications so you never miss a show, or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform. And we're on them all, baby. Uh, remember that we cannot grow our flock without you. So true. Please share us on your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. feeds. Uh, talk about us around the actual or virtual water cooler. And having all the busyness uh, wrapped up and uh, acting like real professionals here, I guess that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.